PFF betting podcast you have been waiting for. It's prop time heading into week four of the NFL. I'm joined, like always, by George Tahiri. Before we get into you know some of our favorite player props, I thought we could talk once again about a little Circa Sports Millionaire Contest. I know, George, uh, you have an entry in it. Three and two last week. I know I tried to scare you a little bit with Miami, trying to say they weren't going to cover. They did end up getting through the door for you. Uh, how did the rest of the week kind of break for you? Look, my we talked a lot about the Bucks and uh, the Bucks kind of um, they kind of did, they not, did show up. Yeah, you know it was interesting that, and I think we'll talk about this uh, when we go over the consensus picks. But the Bucks game, we saw why coverage matters so much. Right, they were playing a team that is competent offensively, more than competent offensively, and they were down one corner, and then they lost Jamel Dean. And they were down now two corners, and they could not cover anybody. Right. Um, right. And you know their their pass rush all of a sudden was nowhere near Matthew Stafford. Cooper Cup was wide open. You know every single play. Um, and it'll be interesting this week um, as we look at the consensus selections because the Bucks are have picked up Richard Sherman. They're down Jamel Dean. They could be down Carlton Davis as well. The Patriots no Stephon Gilmore of course. J C Jackson potentially not going to play either so that game is interesting from a props perspective certainly um but uh let's let's go ahead and get into it so here are the most picked games in the circa million uh contest uh the most picked side this week not surprisingly i i guessed uh i guessed three of these uh on the nose bucks minus six and a half with um 1,350 selections. Not surprising because minus six and a half, right? Right below seven. This number now seven. So often one way to guess, if you're playing this contest, one way to guess what the consensus picks are going to be is look at where the lines have moved. And if there are lines in the contest that are stale, meaning that you're getting a better price in the contest than you would currently, good chance that 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 is going to be a a pick, a popular pick. And if it's Tom Brady visiting New England... (laughs) Uh, sacrificing less than a touchdown, probably also uh, a good bet. Do you like that one? I mean, I definitely like it at six and a half, right? I do. I do know. Um, you know, I'm trying to get on board with it at minus seven. I don't necessarily think I am at this point, but I think. You mean this is like obviously this is the most talked about game. I do think everyone has really come down to one or two narratives, right? Either Tom Brady is going to like blow the doors off the Patriots, or it's going to be. Bill Belichick's mastermind slowing Tom Brady, the only one capable of doing it, uh, and the Patriots end up covering, potentially winning at that point. I don't, and I don't really see it uh, playing out too differently from those two angles, right? I do think if, if the Bucks kind of win and blow out, it's going to go over. Patriots keep it close, it's probably going to go under. I just don't think uh, Belichick has the horses in place to be able to slow the Buccaneers. So I'm on board with the Bucks. I do think that's you know obviously a really popular pick, but I definitely like it at this point in time. Are you are you feeling it or what are you on? I- I already betted a bunch at five and a half. Okay. Um, that so you was got, the look you got your, that, you're, Yeah, you're locked in at this point then. So. Yeah, that was what it was on Sunday night. Now, we're going to talk about props in a second, so I won't, I won't get to that. I'm not betting it at seven at this point, which is where it is. However, total 49 and a half. It's going to be about 60 degrees, light rain in Foxborough, uh, potentially. That doesn't scare me at all. Um, I like over 49 and a half with all of the banged up corners there. Right. Let's, um, let's keep rolling through here. Um, the second most picked game, uh, sorry, pick side, were uh, the Seattle Seahawks, plus three, uh, almost 1,200 selections. The second, uh, sorry, the third most popular pick were the Baltimore Ravens, 
um, at plus one facing the Denver Broncos. This was one of the picks. Uh, this is the only consensus pick that um, uh, my buddy and you I made. In. There we go. Yeah. There we go. And, and the thought process here is the Denver Broncos are, and I hate to use this word because I, I don't mean this to be as negative as it might sound. Their, their record is fraudulent right. in the sense that they have played. They, you know, not all wins are created equal. When you beat the Jets, you beat the Giants, and you beat the Jaguars, like those don't count as much as victories over teams that don't totally suck. And so the Broncos are not a traditional 3-0 team. Now, they're not getting you know three points at home, but they, sh- they certainly shouldn't be. Um, and the Ravens got a little bit of a scare last week uh, against the Lions. So... Um, I'm here for them. I do think it's going to be an interesting game. I'm I'm very excited to see it. Yeah, definitely. Um, And we we were kind of on board with that Ravens, you know, mm -hmm. these these difficulties in Detroit, right? I do think, obviously, they are still really banged up, so I can see both sides of it. But I definitely agree with you. I do think Denver... Um, just definitely overvalued at this point in time, just based on their record solely. So I mean, I mean, KJ Hamler now out, so their once really strong receiving core is like continually getting banged up. Yep. Teddy Bridgewater has been the most efficient quarterback under pressure this year. That is something that I want to fade. Um, like that is just not going to continue. And I think the the week that it stops is this week. Um, the uh, fourth most popular pick were the Minnesota Vikings at right. plus two at home. And this is interesting. I love to see this. I actually, we took the Cleveland Browns minus two. Um, really one of my, it's, and, and Cleveland was not an unpopular choice. It's one of the more um, selected games here. But it, uh, for my money, the difference in what we'll see from Kirk Cousins against a real defense in the Cleveland Browns. And, and here's the number one thing. Miles Garrett is playing against Rashad Hill. I encourage everyone to go get a pff.com, go to pff.com, get yourself an elite or even an edge subscription. Look at Rashad Hill's grade and then tell me whether you think Miles Garrett is going to take his lunch tomorrow. And I he's going he to. I think he's going to. I don't I think I can save you the trip to PFF even though I shouldn't <laughs> be at this point, but I do think don't do that. you're definitely right at that point. So and so. then the uh, fifth uh, most popular pick, and I'll give the sixth one just for fun too. The fifth most popular pick is the Chargers minus three. And this one, Ben, was the one that I was most surprised by. I actually thought the Raiders would be potentially a popular pick. The reason that we didn't take the Raiders is that it's three instead of three and a half. Right. And I bet it earlier in the week at three and a half. I love three and a half. Obviously don't like only you know pushing on three now, but... What's your take on that? What do you make of the Chargers being a really popular pick this week? Yeah, I mean, I think, and I, I think it goes back to what you said, right? Basically, all five of these games have all seen positive line movement uh, in that pick team's mm-hmm. direction, right? And, and besides the Chargers, the Chargers probably have been three since. Um, you know, since people locked in this bet, but they were three and a half, kind of like what you touched on. So I do think when people are looking around, shopping for the five best options. That's probably the first thing they're looking at in this contest, right? Or not necessarily the first thing, but it's definitely uh, one of the top two things and is easily used as a tiebreaker as well. So I'm not surprised to see these picks. I do think when you get to like the sixth and the seventh popular picks, those are ones I'm a little bit surprised of. And there are mm-hmm. some that um, surprise me that they weren't more popular, right? Like a spot like uh, the Carolina Panthers as well, mm-hmm. plus four and a half going up against Dallas. I thought that would 
if you were going to ask yeah. me who I thought would be in the top five before we actually looked at this, I did think that was going to be a game. Uh, and then the Detroit Lions again at plus three. I think they're like what the sixth most popular mm-hmm. selection, mm-hmm. Um, or maybe the Just seventh. Just the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. So that's and that's a spot that like I've been on the Bears all week. We do know Justin Fields is starting as well. I think the Lions, you know, have played well enough to cover uh you know in their games but it's not a spot that i necessarily want to be continuously backing them so i like the bears in that one who are really uh unpopular team here in week four is kind of my takeaways but i agree with you um on the chargers mainly right like if it was raiders plus three and a half i think you'd probably see uh, the amount of people that picked these games completely flip between those two so what are what are your takeaways um, well, so I actually think you're right. I think it's the eighth, the eighth most, because the the sixth most um, popular choice. And this surprised me, Ben, because this is a line that has moved also a lot on Monday. If you listen to the PFF forecast, uh, late we record live right after Sunday football. The Chiefs were five and a half point favorites against the Eagles, and that is a smash spot. It is now seven. Okay, there's a huge difference, right, <laughs> between right. the Chiefs. Um, having to win by six or more versus uh, more than seven. So that one surprised me a lot, but I understand it. The Eagles stink. Um, They were exposed certainly on Monday night. I don't love betting against a team that got embarrassed the week before, certainly. But the Chiefs are in a spot where it's like, man, they they really need to get it together. And if you're going to bet on someone getting together, I think it's Patrick Mahomes. I have a way of betting that that I like a lot better. Um, we'll get to it later. Uh, the Packers uh, were actually a team that uh, we picked. I feel great about it because it's six and a half, and it's against Ben Roethlisberger. And I just anytime there's an opportunity to continue fading Ben Roethlisberger, I'm going to do it. Chase Claypool out, um, and this is playing being played um, in Green Bay. And then you mentioned the Panthers. That was another one of our picks. The Cowboys, however, are um, was it the seventh, the eighth most popular pick yep. here at minus four and a half? I, look, th- I just mentioned the Broncos, and I struggled with. Okay, I think the Broncos have had a really easy schedule. They have, and therefore I'm betting against them. The the Panthers have had the second easiest schedule, right? But here at four and a half, th- there's some fundamentals about the Panthers that I know to be a little more true, like. Joe Brady has been a really good play caller for a while. Um, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson have been really good receivers for a while. Right. I actually don't think that, I think Chuba will ball out, you know? Um, and the Cowboys are coming off of this massively emotional win, right? The return to Cowboys Stadium with Dak, first home game on Short Monday week. night. Yeah. 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 So I, I liked that spot. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I do think the Panthers, and that's kind of why I said, you know, the Panthers definitely jumped out to me. Um, I think, you know, I agree with everybody being on board with the Packers based on what you said. Chase Claypool out, banged up receivers. You know, Juju Smith-Schuster and Deontay Johnson are both going to play, but how well and how effective those guys are going to play is a completely mm-hmm. other question. So I do think uh, the Packers are definitely a justifiable play. And then, yeah, going back to it, Lions, that's the one that I just can't get on board with. And then, you know, the next tier down, people are still buying into the Jets at plus seven uh, yeah. against the Tennessee Titans. I'm not sure what, what do you make of that particular selection are you are you somebody that can still get on board with the jets at this point or not well i did i did i did did. so the jets are the flip side of this where they have played a really tough schedule of defenses 
and they are playing a Titans team that does not have a very good defense and is without their two, you know, their two receivers. <laughs> I, sh- I shouldn't say their two best receivers. They're two receivers. I mean, they don't have any other receivers besides Julio and AJ Brown. Both of them are out. And what that does to me is it says, okay, like everyone just expects Derrick Henry to run over the Jets. Right. But at some but running is such a like man count a box count thing, right? It's like that is how you stop the run. And I'm you know it doesn't feel good, certainly, but I do think it's the right play. Here's the other thing. This is another game where in the in the contest it's Jets plus seven right now. You know, you, you can't get them at that number. It's right, six. So, right, right, right. Um, just with yeah, the just with the wide receiver injury news moving that line basically, it does make yeah. a lot more sense. I was surprised just given you know the 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 Jets, the Jets, yeah, like what what people are currently saying, the sentiment around the Jets at this point in time. That was probably the thing that most jumped out to me. But I do agree with you. I do think if anybody's going to be able to stop the run, I do buy into Robert Robert Sala being able to on Sunday against Derrick Henry, especially you know if the Titans are as one dimensional as we anticipate. That's going to be a really difficult uh, you know number for them to cover. That's why it's already moved. I definitely buy into that. So let's move. We got to get into some player props. I know it's, it. I know it's what people are waiting for. I know you know the PFF forecast lock of the week: Patch McCombs over 2.5 mm-hmm. passing touchdowns minus price at this point has covered the last three times. Let me just get you know one or two quick initial thoughts on that particular selection yeah. for you. I mean, it certainly the the movement. I mean, now depending on where you go, like I saw one book. I think it's like one minus 125, minus 130. Still like a little bit of value there. You obviously would prefer to get a plus price. I would try and bet that earlier in the week. Um, certainly. Still feel really good about it. I um, I mean, the narrative here is pretty simple. The Philadelphia Eagles, not the strongest secondary. You know, um, you obviously have Darius Slay. But other, other than that, man, like there are a lot of reasons, I think, to like this matchup um even though you know steven nelson he's good but like the type of corner that's going to stop tyreek hill it does not exist on the philadelphia eagles and then here's the kicker the interior coverage unit for the philadelphia eagles is not strong right. so um i just think travis kelsey eats in this game and uh patrick Mahomes is gonna you know has not played has not played up to his standards i mean he has more turnover worthy plays than big time throws this this year, so that I'm looking for some positive regression there. That said, I don't think it's the player prop at this point in time that I feel the strongest about. Okay, well let's hear the strongest one, and I I feel like <laughs> I want to guess it, but I I want to hear it from the words, the mouth of your words, basically at this point. So let's hear what do you got for us? Um, well, it's uh, it's all about my man Tom Brady here. There we go. Um, so <laughs> there are two that I that I really like. Um, Obviously, passing touchdowns is one that I keep coming back to. Last week, did not get over two and a half. Now, if you remember that game uh, against the Rams, a handoff to um, Chris Godwin on the one, um, and then he had a sneak. Which uh, he never does, yeah. Yeah, which he he never does, and then ended up with a passing touchdown at the end. So, like, I think the number of passing touchdowns last week was a little... um, bit uh facetious i you know this this game like if there was ever a time for tom brady to throw six passing touchdowns this is it um but i also like 
and I don't not all books will will offer this, but I'm assuming for this game you you might find it more frequently. Um, Tom Brady rushing yards over a half. There we go. This is this is the Tom Brady imposes his will game. Like I, I feel like they might run that play from the Super Bowl where he dropped the pass. They might run that play just so like Tom can catch a pass, rush for a you know a first down, throw six touchdown passes. Um, I'm all about all those. Just so, padding, those, just you think he's just gonna fill the stat sheet basically at this point? Why right? would put you up not, like a, put right? up like a triple double NFL style or something? I do. There's I do. Like there's that. no way that he's. Like, everyone can talk about how, oh, no, like, you know, it's just another game, all this bullshit. Like, and, and actually, I don't think that many people are saying that, but um, there's definitely animosity. Right. There is no way that for both these guys who are generally pretty private, Bill, Belichick and, and Brady, this much shit would come out, right. you know? Right. And a lot of stuff has come out. Like, Belichick didn't do, didn't meet Tom in person to say goodbye. Um, what Alex Guerrero said, what Tom's dad said. Um, there's there's some heat here. Right. I, and I agree with you 100% on, on all of it, right? And I think the other thing that I keep going back to is I, like, we saw it play out last year in a number of ways. It was always this question of, well, how is this, how is this divorce going to work, right? Like, who's going to be better off in the long term, Tom Brady or Bill Belichick? And I do think last year with Tom Brady obviously winning the Super Bowl, uh, that kind of went to rest. But I do, but I understand that, um, you know, people th- the market thinks that coaches matter, and they do matter, um, especially when you're, you know, trying to trying to build a model to cover against the spread or to predict what's going to happen against the spread. But I don't necessarily think it matters as much as everyone gives it credit for. I do think it's something that's already kind of baked in. So Bill mm-hmm. Belichick's individual impact on this game, I do think, is probably going to be smaller than what the market is even giving it credit for at that point. And I think if you're backing Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, it's kind of going against that narrative which is something that i want to bet into at this point so we'll see i definitely like that one as well i got to give you one one here i do like baker mayfield no interception plus 100 at minnesota uh he mm-hmm. obviously hasn't been all that great this year uh, i think he said like three turnover worthy plays um but you know eric eager our friend kind of wrote an article in the offseason about what we should expect from an interception prop standpoint and how turnover-worthy plays kind of influence those. If you really mm-hmm. only have one turnover-worthy play in a game, it's still you know positive expected value to take the under interception prop. So I think we're going to see that from Baker Mayfield. I do think he's been a much better quarterback with Kevin Stefanski. I do think they're going to probably have a near-perfect game plan heading into Minnesota. Um, and I just don't think the Minnesota Vikings defense is as good as people are even giving them credit for at this point. So I like Baker Mayfield, no interception. Now hit me, hit me with a couple more of your favorite ones here george that's um what, what price are you getting that at by the way I, I had a plus 100 basically so it might have moved a little bit um i could look at the latest line i like here. that i like that um i'll give you a couple i'm actually gonna throw one that um you can find on pff.com written up in far more detail by Dwayne mcfarland who does some incredible work on the fantasy side of things and and his um biggest edge that he leverages is he tracks utilization and essentially what that that is like looking at okay are players being used in a way that generally leads to more production 
um, or, or, or less production, right? And it's like kind of a first indicator of, oh, you know, like receptions, touchdowns, yards, all of those things are very small samples. So can I widen the sample a little bit to, to find some indicators that they will start picking up yards or, or catches or all that stuff. So, you know, things like target rate, uh, route run rate, you know, all these usage pieces. And he's um, did an article this week on how that can help you find some edges and props. And I, in talking to him, he actually thinks that the tight end market is super inefficient. In fact, last week he was begging me to take uh, Mark Andrews overs. And uh, sure enough, it uh, pounded. pounded. <laughs> yeah, it, it went really well. Um, so one that he really likes this week that I am 100% on board with here is Jared Cook, uh, under three and a half receptions. Um, look, the I mean the Los Angeles Chargers are favored in this game, um, but also the, um, the the Las Vegas Raiders no longer a complete catastrophe defensively, especially over the middle. Um, and so I, I I like this one quite a bit. You can go read the article, and he talks about um, his route run rate and target rate and and why those lead you to. Um, the under there but that's one of my favorites as well hit yep. me with another one definitely monday night special you got to get those sweats yeah. in right away so i'm gonna go back yes. i know we've talked about two of our favorite uh quarterback props i do also like uh josh allen over 2.5 passing touchdowns plus mm. 130 price uh, obviously going up against uh what we have as the second worst defense in the nfl against houston uh, i do think you know the only real concern is basically an expected blowout uh mm. but you know the buffalo bills haven't necessarily been known to take their foot off the gas, even in, when they're up considerably, even when they probably shouldn't be passing, they still have the highest pass rate over expectation. So I think we're going to see uh, Josh Allen probably continue to move in the direction that we expected the Bills offense to play in the offseason. Kind of showed it in week three. I think that's only going to carry forward here one more week. Plus price, only real one that you can find uh, you know, among the, among the best quarterbacks at this point. So I definitely like Josh Allen uh, to get over that touchdown prop what do you what do you got for us that. give me one or two more. You, I'm, i've got i'm, I'm rolling here i've He's got rolling. some more um i am looking at this uh seattle san francisco matchup i think people are pretty excited about brandon Ayuk. um and yes i am too i'm not sure i'm at the point where i'm betting his overs yet but i think the player that people are maybe forgetting a little bit is debo samuel yep. um I love over three and a half rushing yards. Um, I think in this game, you know, in particular, there it's a division matchup between you know heated rivals. You can put the ball in their playmakers' hands and keep it out of Jake Roethlisberger's hands as much as they can. So I think he's definitely getting at least you know one rush attempt, and uh, I'm going to bank on him slicing up the Seahawks for over three and a half uh, rushing yards. And then um, I'll give you another one. Uh, so if you look at the Washington football team Atlanta Falcons game. Um, JD McKissick, uh, is an interesting one. Um, if you can find the rushing and receiving yards combo, um, somewhere around 25 and a half, I like that one a lot. Uh, Antonio Gibson questionable with a shin. He's going to play, but JD McKissick gets the passing down work. And I think in this game gets a little more rushing work. Uh, if you can't find that one, maybe nine and a half as his rushing yards prop, take the over there. Right. Um, those are a couple of kind of under the radar ones that I like. 
Week 3 of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for Week 4 with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 in any football game. Listen up because you don't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet on of $1 on any game to receive $150 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs for all season long with their daily fantasy contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code PFF this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, min $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. NFL Week 3 is in the books, which means PFF has data and grades for every single player who logged a snap last week. What can you get with a PFF subscription? All of PFF's locked article content, PFF's NFL and college football betting dashboards, our grade-powered projections, cover probabilities, and betting values. Zero to 100 grades of every single player, including the top rookies on every team. Our player prop tool, which shows plus-minus value for every NFL prop, and so much more. Check out the highest-graded players from Week 3 and look to find early value on spread picks and player props for Week 4. Yeah, I like that one quite a bit. I think that's probably the only reason to turn it into Washington uh, Atlanta's football game <laughs> on Sunday. I, have yes. want, I, I do want to get your thoughts quick, real quickly, though, on San Francisco-Seattle overall matchup. I know you said mm-hmm. uh, you didn't have Seattle at plus three, really popular circuit pick. Uh, what side are you on in this matchup? Yeah. I mean, if you can find it at three, I do I do think the only side to bet are the, the Seahawks. <laughs> I mean, you know... They, they looked so bad against Minnesota. And right. so it's very, you know, it's always so hard to bet on a team that looks that bad the week before. But that is, you know, they're, they're going, they're not going to play that bad again. They're not that bad of a team. At two and a half, I, I do think I'm laying off of the, um, the spread in this game. And I would probably look to take the Seahawks on a tease. Um, you know, tease them out to uh, plus eight and a half, yep. and you know, picking the other game to go with, I, I think it's look. There's not a lot of games out there at seven and a half. I think if the if the Bucks, you know, were seven and a half, <laughs> but you know they're not, so you might as well just bet both those games. Um, but uh, I think you know, I think the the Packers are also a decent um, a decent tease down against the uh, woeful Steelers. Um, so if, if you're looking to play the Seahawks, I think it's got to be a teaser. I also don't hate under 42, even though the Seahawks defense is really terrible. That's kind of fading that Jimmy G is actually playing well narrative. And, you know, he's not from a PFF grade perspective. Um, you know, he's got a 62.3 PFF grade, um, has not made a single big time throw this year. I think he's the only guy. That's right. got significant snaps that does not have one. So, um, yeah, that's how I'd play that game. Yeah, there we, I mean, I like that. I actually, I didn't consider the teaser, but I do really like it at this point. Like you said, there isn't like a ton of really good other games that I feel too strongly mm-hmm. about. I think I'm probably maybe looking toward Monday night, uh, teasing like the Raiders out to mm-hmm. plus nine, but I don't feel great about that game either because I think that's one, you know, higher total could turn into a shootout. Never know how it's going to break toward the end. So I think maybe yeah. you're looking more toward 
Yeah, the Vikings, as much as I hate that play, because I do like Cleveland mm. quite a bit at minus one. So I agree with That's you. Nice though. I one. do think I do think teasers probably, uh, you know, lacking a little bit in week four. Seahawks might be the only probably justifiable play, but there's always some teaser potential, I think, for sure. I, so. I really like the Vikings as another teaser leg. Um, you know, I, I would not hate, as someone that has Cleveland minus right. two, I have no problem also having you know, Minnesota plus eight, eight in, yeah. a, in a teaser. I, I don't have any issues with that. Um, any other props that, that you like? This um, week? I'll give you, I'll give you one more real quick. Yeah. I did. I did try to ride Javante Williams last week, over 12.5 rushing carries. He missed it by a half yard. Obviously some garbage time factors mixed in, but I do think Melvin Gordon, uh, you know, looking at Dwayne's utilization report, some other things, he is more involved in what people give him credit for especially in the passing game. So I do think over 10.5 receiving yards for Melvin Gordon uh, is definitely a solid player prop. That's probably my last one at this point. What do you got for us, though? Okay. Um, I, I do like that one, by the way. Um, I think that's a solid one. Um, man, this is tough. I, I do think there are some um, some nice opportunities on some unders this week, and I just mm-hmm. say go um, check them out on the player props tool. I'm going to give you one more which is going to be an over here um and this is going to be uh, a little a little rushing yards prop i mean look what was the one that you talked about on thursday night we i think we talked about both of those trevor lawrence and, and joe, joe burrow. burrow yep yeah and joe and burrow did not get there trevor lawrence got there relatively easily so the the reason that that joe burrow didn't get there was that the jaguars pass rush sucked mm-hmm. right like it was just Completely they don't. Terrible. They just don't. They just don't apply pressure, and I, I think that's honestly the key to why some of these quarterback props, yes. rushing props, are mispriced. Right? They just don't consider a factor in some of those pressure situations where it can turn from a sack into a rushing attempt, basically. So, yep. And that was completely so, missing from Thursday night from Joe Burrow's side. I 100% agree. So, so here are the ones that I like for that reason. I like Kirk Cousins over six and a half. Yep. Um, we talked about Miles Garrett. He is going to eat, and then Javion Clowney's on the other side. So, um. I anticipate uh, that he'll have to scramble a, a few times. Um, this one is interesting. The Bucks blitz a ton. I wonder if they change that up a little bit against Mac Jones. Now, Mac Jones also not exactly elusive. Um, his line is at five and a half. But if you're following that narrative, that is one to take into consideration. Um, and then the other one that I really like is um, Teddy Bridgewater. The yeah. Ravens blitz a bunch. Um, and his line is at 11 and a half. And, you know, look, the, the Dallas Cowboys, um, Sam Darnold has been rushing a ton. Uh, 11 and a half is his, is his line there. Um, and I, I kind of like that one too. A lot of quarterback rushing props that I like. Micah Parsons might scare Sammy D out of the pocket a few times. And, um, while Micah Parsons can chase him down in most situations, um, I like that one too. That's my least favorite of the group, but. Um, I think those are ones that you can find some uh, some value on. Yep. Yeah, I love those, and I do love the idea in general. Right? I do think some of the easiest bets that you can find are ones that you are basically betting, not necessarily completely blind, but um, fit exactly into um, an idea that just seems to be mispriced at that point. You kind of bet them week in and week out, and I do think uh, we maybe are kind of finding that out in that quarterback rushing prop market. So I definitely like those quite a bit make sure you check out everything that we have on the pff player props tool we got some new and enhanced options coming up here uh, very soon starting next week so make sure you check that out early in the week make sure you're checking out all the 
NFL and college football green line. Green line for NCA was absolutely on fire on Saturday. Uh, so make sure you're checking out all those. Get your bets in as early as you can in the week. It's going to make things uh, much simpler and easier for you heading into Sunday afternoon. So thank you guys very much for listening. From Ben Brown, joined by George here. We appreciate you guys listening to the PFF Betting Podcast. Thank you.